We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel, and the college season is officially here, so we are going to get into a ton today. Firstly, our headline of the week is going to include some freshman fire because I love to play with words. Um, the freshmen really showed out in the first day of college women's basketball. And then later, we're going to talk about some of the games that happened. And lastly, we'll have games to watch for the rest of the week. Cal, you ready to get into it? Cree, I'm ready. Let, I, freshman fire. I love that. Get that in all <laughs> the description and the tweets and all that. That's great. I will. I will. I was pretty proud of it because you know me. You know I love the puns. I love the the alliterations, the wordplay. I love it all. So uh, yeah, we're gonna start with he- with freshman fire. That is our headline of the week. Um, man, oh man, did the freshmen show out <laughs> in the first day of college basketball? It was kind of crazy to because we like we've been talking about so far like the seniors and like who's leaving and then. Like you, we've kind of been talking about what is being left behind and teams that are maybe like rebuilding or just like, but man, I think basketball is in really good hands for a lot of these teams, um, including from like the Nor- the Notre Dame South Carolina game, which happened in Paris, the first ever NCAA women's basketball game there, which was not only historic, but we had two freshmen that we're going to talk about. Cal, like just your maybe initial gut reactions of seeing all these freshmen ball out. Yeah, I mean, it's the cool thing is, like you said, the whole storyline has been all these seniors in this loaded draft class or maybe next two draft classes because of COVID. And they're still all here, too. And now we have all these freshmen and in the next year or two is going to be this changing of the guard where the this loaded class goes up to the WNBA and we're going to have this whole new class. And it's a perfect time for it, building off of the uh, momentum coming off of last year from the final four. Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, just like elevating the sport. And 
we pick up right up where we left off with South Carolina, Notre Dame, uh, USC, Ohio State. These these huge ranked games. Uh, LSU losing as a number one, which we'll get to later mm-hmm. in the day. And these ranked games where all these freshmen start balling out, like you said, in in the timing, like noon my time, Central Time, right away. Turn on the TV. First thing you see, Hannah Hidalgo going crazy. Yes. Then Malaysia Full Wiley, like five minutes later, comes in off the bench, starts going crazy. Then halftime of that game, you turn on, which I wish they wouldn't overlap, but that's fine. You turn on USC Ohio State on the other screen, start seeing Juju Watkins going crazy. Like all of a sudden, wow, look at all these new faces. And I, I had seen them all a little bit in high school, but seeing them on the national stage and college competition just right away, no fear was something to watch. All right, so let's get let's start talking about these three freshmen that you just brought up. We'll start with Hannah Hidalgo of Notre Dame. She finished with 31 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, and shot 50% from three. Uh, what stood out to you about her performance for Notre Dame? Yeah, her ball handling and, and her shooting. I think you, you see the shot right there. Uh, it went under a screen. They went under a couple screens on her. Like, that, that didn't work. I think she was three for six from three. Uh I, I will say, I think in terms of passing, um, I don't quite think she's at Olivia Miles level, which I don't know if like who is, but mm-hmm. just in terms of putting the ball in her hands and letting her blow by people, go get a bucket. And and if you're going to play off her, letting her not knock something down like I, she is going to be an elite, elite scorer right away for this team, which is huge for them as they don't have Olivia Miles. Yeah, I think something that stood out for me was just like how much she was going after it. Like usually, you know, maybe if you're a freshman, you're a little bit more nervous, a little bit more apprehensive about like what your role on the team. Like, no, she was going after it. Like she knew that she was going to get those shots. And that's like, honestly, like a trait that you need to have in order to be like a really star player. And I and I truly see that in her. It was really exciting to watch her play. Um, I know she didn't mean to hit that like last three uh, at the buzzer, like at the end of the game. But like even that just like shows you how casual of a shooter she is and how good she is. Um, But yeah, you know, unfortunately, Notre Dame did not win. But like, yeah, like the first quarter, first half was like pretty competitive. Uh, But then South Carolina, man, I mean, I wrote it in our notes for like when we actually talked about the entire game. But like Don Staley just said, uh, screw the rebuild. I don't care that we lost five starters last year. Like we're going to be fine. Um, and the fact that one of their freshmen is coming off the bench is huge um, in Malaysia for Wiley. And like before we even talk about her, I'm just going to put up this highlight for those of you that are watching on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, please just go to your nearest uh, social media platform. I'm sure the highlight is up there. Um, but I just have to show this because like, I think I've watched this video a total of like maybe 10 times since this happened live. Unbelievable. Like behind the back, like, uh, like she just like flew across the court. Like I, I've been watching that, like trying to wrap my head around like everything that just happened in that sequence with just like running full court and then pretending the pass going behind the back and then fin- it was crazy cal <laughs> what did you think about that specific play first before we even get to the rest of her game there are about four highlights in that one play first off i, I what stands out to me you talked about hidalgo yeah put this up again uh like 
I think all three of these freshmen that we're going to talk about fit that bill in terms of just stepping right in and having no fear. The level of dog in this class is through the roof. That is saw zero level of first game jitters, t- timidity, timidness. I don't know what that word is. Anything like that. In terms of full Wiley, I got some homework for you. And if I would have had more time, I would have put together these clips for this show. Now that we've seen that highlight, go look up her McDonald's All-American game because there was a stretch. I think it was at the end of the first half for Malaysia full Wiley where she scored. I'm not making this up. 11 points in one minute. It might have been like a minute and three seconds. She scored 11 points in basically a minute of this game. And she had all of that. I don't know if she had anything quite that level of highlight worthy, but all of that flash, all of that flair, full display. And, and she, you know, it's an All-American game. That's kind of how it works. But she's bringing that into the real stage, too. So I think she is adding a level of just pure entertainment value to this sport that is really, really going to be cool. And especially, you know, for a team like South Carolina, where real ones know, real ones know, but some of the casuals are going to be like, oh, all they do is rebound and bully people. Caitlin Clark's fun to watch and whatever. I'm not really with it on all that, but I think Full Wiley is going to elevate that for them, too, and and turn them into that team that, that you can get the casual fans to buy into, too, which is big. Yeah, I mean, even like Kevin Durant was tweeting about her, um, which I know they like, like shout out to the committee who like captured the moment where she found out like mid game that Kevin Durant was tweeting about her. And she was just kind of like, what? <laughs> That's crazy, uh, which I really I thought it was I thought it was a cool moment. Um, but yeah, she finished with 17 points, six assists, six steals, one block, and she shot 57.1% from the field, like just an overall really great showing um, for a really solid game from South Carolina, which we are going to get to a little bit later. Um, but for our last freshman fire uh, lineup, we have Juju Watkins of USC. Um, they did beat Ohio State, which we will also talk about in a little bit. But you look at this game, and I'm going to put up for our YouTube viewers, I'm just going to put up the highlights while we talk about her. You look at this game and you go, wait a second, this was her first college game? Like, it doesn't really translate that way. Like, she looks like a pro, honestly. Like, she looks like she's been doing this for a really long time. She finishes with 32 points, six rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block, shot 61.1% and made one of her two threes. But Cal, like, what stood out to you about Juju Watkins' performance? Is is the same thing as how composed she was. And the thing with all of these freshmen is that, you know, you see freshmen sometimes come out and make a splashy debut against the 300th best team in the country. These three all did it against really, really high level competition. And in Juju's case, the fact that we talked about this a little bit last week on the pod, that she was going to be going against a vaunted press from game one, a press that you're never going to see. You, you see presses growing up, middle school, high school, but you don't see presses that have J.C. Sheldon, that have Cody McMahon, that have Celeste Taylor. That's not something you see in high school. And she came right into this game. She didn't get sped up at all, which is what Ohio State does to even seniors sometimes. She played at her own speed the whole game. There's a play early on where where she got by Cody McMahon on the press and then just kind of hesitated a little bit, let Cody sort of run into her. This is another one. I, I need to get better at pulling clips. This is why Cree is an all-star on this podcast. She always has the <laughs> clips ready to go. But it was just, it was not a freshman play. And that, like, it's cliche. People say that. But 
she she sort of used her body to to sort of ward off Cody who was closing closing space on her from behind and then just like put up this nice little floater with touch it was it wasn't just that she was faster and able to beat the press she used her change of speeds and and sped up blew by slowed down and that was huge to me being able to do that against a team like Ohio State from the jump and Ohio State made a, made a little run there at the end but I I was thoroughly impressed with Juju Watkins yeah and maybe just kind of the last question so like if you're a team that's scouting her what do you put in your report because like if she performs well against that full court press like now what do you do to, to try to defend her take the ball out of her hands probably don't let her get to the rim I think at all costs she she's got to pull up in the bag obviously but I think for now some some players they're so good at basically everything that you sort of got to live with that pull up midi because that's the that's the least of the evils if you want to put it that way if, if you let her get to the rim you're cooked we know she can shoot it. We only saw her, I think, make one three. I would probably live with that too for now, to be honest. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be a great result. I think she's still going to make you pay. But you definitely cannot let her get to the rim because she's absolutely elite when she gets going down a hill. All right. I love it. So those were our three freshmen that made our freshman fire segment to start off the college season. Um, that was Hannah Hidalgo of Notre Dame, Malaysia Fawali of uh, South Carolina, and Juju Watkins of USC. And now coming up shortly, we're going to recap those games that they played in. So stay tuned. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right. Coasting through college, I've decided to stick with this segment name because I kind of like it. Um, we just coast through the games that happen. We got Notre Dame, SC, USC, Ohio State, and Colorado, yeah, LSU. Um, we'll start with Notre Dame. 
because just like let's talk about the magnitude of the moment before we even get to the final score all of that the first ever ncaa women's basketball game played in paris ever first of all and then to be headlined by two black coaches in don's daily and yell ivy um and it was full of fans. Like, that game was rocking. Like, it was really, really loud. And it seemed like, I don't know if it was, like, actually sold out, but it definitely felt like that. Um, but, yeah, Cal, just, like, maybe a few thoughts on, like, the moment of this game. Yeah, so it's what you said. Like, two black head coaches, two black women who are both elite coaches and have done so much for the sport already. And then to see this. And what we talked about a little bit at the beginning coming off of the momentum of last year, this was, I could not think of a better way to start this season than to have this game and to pick up, like we said, right where we left off in terms of the not even national stage. I was about to say the global stage of this game that we're expanding to now to see two high level teams and to see really who has been the story of college basketball for the last, I don't know how many years, uh, South Carolina on display. I, I really wish the only thing is that we would have gotten to see Olivia Miles on this stage too, because I think mm -hmm. the world deserved that and, and she deserved that. But we got to see so much other talent out there that who it's hard to complain. It's hard to complain. So this was this was probably the best way to start the season that really I can remember. Yeah, I mean, it was even here, like on Canadian TV, which I was like genuinely uh, like surprised, but like also really, really happy. Um, I went straight to Twitter and I was like, breaking the game is on Canadian TV, which is just amazing because we don't typically get that kind of stuff. So I think like saying like going from March Madness and the championship and just kind of carrying over that momentum into the start of the season, that was a great way to do it. Um, also, shout out Carolyn Peck and her uh, beret. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> uh, I should have I should have took my the screenshot that I posted on Twitter and put it up here. But um, yeah, no, it was absolutely incredible. I like caught the moment when she like winked at the camera. So it was incredible. Just incredible content all around. Incredible game. Um, but on the note of like Olivia Miles, like let's talk about Notre Dame for a second. Even though like, you know, the final score was like 171 for South Carolina. Like what did you like from Notre Dame? And maybe what is the sense of urgency that they would want Olivia Miles to come back at? So I, I loved Hannah Hidalgo. We already talked about that. I think mm -hmm. in general, when you come out and hang – what did they put on in the first quarter? 25, 26, 27 on a defense like that. They were ready to go, obviously. And and they got they got shooters, they got talent all over the place. What in terms of your question about Olivia Miles, it, it goes back to what I said about the passing. Hidalgo's a good passer. Don't get me wrong. I think yesterday she we saw her telegraph a few passes, and this is maybe the one thing where if you want to pick any of those three freshmen and really, really nitpick on something area where they maybe still looked like freshmen i think you could talk about a few times where hidalgo sort of telegraphs and passes where i think when you see olivia miles get into the game she's making no lookers she's setting up the defense one way you know and it's not fair to compare anyone to olivia miles passing game because she is as good as it gets in the country when it comes to that but i think that is something when you talk about uh i think someone posed the question in one of my group chats, like who will play more off ball and who's going to be the one when she comes back. And I think it's got to be Olivia miles 
being on the ball at the one. I think Hidalgo, uh, they'll both play on the ball some, obviously, but I think you would look at Hidalgo more at, as off ball for now uh, as she sort of develops that. So I think that's the biggest sense of urgency when you talk about Olivia Miles coming back is, and, and they're going to be fine. So urgency is a weird word. Notre Dame's going to be fine. Like a, a lot of people lose by 30 to South Carolina and end up just fine. So, yeah. but I, I, I do think that their offense is going to be that much more dangerous when they add maybe the best passer. You can maybe say Caitlin Clark, but maybe the best passer in the country to it around all that talent that we already saw. It's going to be to level where even South Carolina may have had some trouble. I don't know if Olivia Miles making up 29 points, but <laughs> this I don't know who really is stopping this team when she gets back. Yeah, no, I like that. And then on the South Carolina side, um, there were a lot of really big performances. Really impressed with Camila Cardoso. Um, she put up 20 points. And I can't remember the number of rebounds, but I know it was a lot. <laughs> um, she was really, really impressive. And then also Tahina Pow Pow, which we talked about kind of last week, about how she was going to come in as a shooter and like literally off rip just started training threes and jumpers and being kind of the the shooter that we knew that South Carolina was going to need and have also like really impressed with like Raven Johnson the way that she played um I don't know if you guys like if you caught like the ending when they won and they were like posing for the picture and I think it was I can't remember who it was but it was like one of the players were trying to do like some pose and then Don like smacked her yes, with the paper I, I did see that I did oh see that oh my god <laughs> That was real funny. I think it was I think it was Raven who like tried to do something first and then she was like, oh wait, no, like Don's right there. Let me not, which I thought was really funny. But like, yeah, like from the South Carolina side, like from those names that I just mentioned, like what did you think about their performances? And maybe did they look a little bit better than you maybe thought, like in the first game of the season, knowing that like you have the rest of the season to continue to gel together. The the freshman who I was impressed with, well, you know, especially Phil Wiley, who we talked about. But Cardoso, I, not that I wasn't impressed with Cardoso. I just, we knew what we were getting from her. I mean, I don't know. She had 20 and 15 or whatever those numbers were. Yeah, you know, something like that. It's not like we necessarily knew she was going to be that dominant, but I, I'm not shocked by it at all because what we saw in her obviously fewer minutes playing behind Aaliyah Boston was basically that level of production just on a lower scale last year. And now she's just getting the chance to really open it up for. 20, 25, 30 minutes, whatever it's going to be this year. So to, it, she might be the most dominant two-way big in the country. Now, we're going to talk about it a, a little bit. I, I'm not sure if that's true. We're going to talk about some good bits. <laughs> I like all these statements you're making today. <laughs> They're very clippable. I love it. <laughs> I, I I I keep giving myself cop-outs here, though, because I know someone's going <laughs> to someone's gonna take these out of context. There's, there's a few really good bigs in this in this league in the country that we're going to talk about in our last segment. But uh, I think Cardoso, when it comes to rebounding combined with her, her defensive ability, rim protection and her ability in the post, when you put that full package together, there, there's some bigs who are maybe better at any one of those things. You could talk about Angel Reese, maybe a better rebounder. I'm not even sure. Mackenzie Holmes, better post score. No question. We're going to talk about her, but terms of the full package she might be the best big i think we'll find out this year so i'm it i think south carolina fans probably knew that i think the rest of the country <laughs> is going to find it out but but that may be the biggest story outside of outside of that freshman class 
Yeah, no, I like it. Um, and it's really nice when you have just like a lot of variety on the team of like people who fill certain holes. Um, and I think that's why South Carolina was able to be so successful in their first game and while why they'll be pretty good heading into the rest of the season. Um, but real quickly, let's talk about USC and Ohio State before we get to Colorado USC. Colorado LSU. There is a lot of letters floating around. Wow. It's college um, basketball. There, there's I knew it was the bound place. to happen. I know it was bound <laughs> to happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Uh, but it's okay. We rolled the punches. But uh, yeah, like obviously we talked about Juju's performance. Um, Lorraine Marshall, 18 points, 17 rebounds, six steals. What did USC do to kind of get that win over Ohio State? They broke the press early on, obviously, and Juju was a big part of that. I think they defended Cody McMahon really well. Cody McMahon is uh, someone who a year ago we would have been talking about as freshman fire, you know, and everyone was excited to see what she's going to do her sophomore year. I love year. that it's catching on. I love it. <laughs> it's, let's get it trending. Let's get that hashtag going. Yeah. And Cody was, I, I believe, three for 11 in this game. She missed a couple threes, whatever. Yeah, she was you pretty know. quiet. Uh, and, and she'll be better than that. But what stood out to me is that USC sort of, dared her to be a passer and you know in transition especially or you know when she was getting downhill and i think that's an area where you're going to see cody develop because right now if if she gets downhill and you're not sending at least two or three to sort of form that wall it she's getting to the hole like there's nothing you can do and her she's not an elite three-point shooter but she can knock that down too if you're just going to completely give her that space so to me, what, what they did is basically they said, we're not going to give you either of those. We're going to leave even some pretty good shooters on this team. JC Sheldon, for example, there's uh, an, another play pretty early in the game. I think it was where she got going downhill and there was like three shooters wide open around her and USC was daring her to find one of them. And she didn't, she put it up, missed it. And I, that's just smart game planning. That's smart. I, that's not, I'm not trying to knock Cody McMahon. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say USC, excellent game planning uh, and execution of that game plan on their part. And something that I think is honestly going to benefit Ohio State going forward. This is going to be one of those losses they look back at. And this really helped us throughout the course of the season. But big credit to USC. This game really, I mean, it, Ohio State made it close in the third quarter, but it wasn't that close. USC kind of just took it to them and uh, mm -hmm. in, in a way that I don't know if a lot of people saw. So definitely impressed by them. And then last thing before we move over to Colorado LSU, uh, maybe thoughts on Celeste Taylor's debut as well, because she was also a little bit quieter. Yeah, definitely someone who I think is going to have better days as well for Ohio State. Uh, the, the biggest problem for them when you look at – I want to say I, I I need to just have these box scores up next time because I, I, <laughs> I keep guessing these stats. I can't remember top of my head. I believe she was like one for eight. And we said Cody was three for 11. It was in that neighborhood. You put those two together. That's a lot of empty possessions, which hurts anyone. Obviously, you want to put the ball in the hoop. But when you're Ohio State and you have that many missed shots, you just don't get to set up the press as often. And their press, honestly, you know, they... USC broke it pretty early, but they did use the press to kind of get back in the game uh, in the third quarter. That that press is still pretty good. I wouldn't be worried about the press if I was Ohio State going forward, but they need to be able to score at a level, and this includes Celeste Taylor. You know, they need everyone on the court 
to be able to score at a level where they are making the other team take the ball out of the net to, to set that press up. And that's something that they weren't able to get done. So that's something I'm looking for, particularly from, I think, those two players, Cody McMahon and Celeste Taylor going forward. I think Cody's going to be fine. Celeste Taylor, how they use her in the offense is kind of going to be a story to follow. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Colorado LSU because, man, oh, man, quite the and I'm putting like air quotes upset uh, for those of you who are listening on the audio. Before we talk about the game, uh, since you've made a couple of statements today on today's pod, I will give you a chance to overreact. So do you have an overreaction to Colorado upsetting the number one uh, ranked team LSU? (laughs) There's your chance to overreact. Yeah, overreactions are what this day is all about. The day after day one of any sports season. It's overreaction yeah. day, so let's do it. It's true. That's very true, yes. <laughs> I, I will say, though, even before this game, last pod, we talked about UConn. And I said if they were fully healthy, I probably would have called them the favorites. LSU didn't really change my mind on that in this game. <laughs> <laughs> um I, you know, they, I, they're going to rattle off a bunch of 50 point wins in the next couple of weeks. Cause this is the only real test that they're going to face until late November at the earliest. So they're going to be fine, but uh, they didn't, they didn't change my mind that they should be the favorites this year. Now I saw in your notes and I love, this is why we work well together. This is, this is the just pure chemistry. When I was reading your show notes, you wrote down the Liberty comparison, which is not at all a basketball comparison. I know you didn't mean it that way. I don't, I, but I I had the same thought before I even read your notes. And obviously I was also not thinking about it from a basketball perspective, very different teams on the court. Uh, But I love that we both sort of our, our mind meld sort of lined up in that way, because in terms of the chemistry and and putting new pieces together, obviously in college that happens a lot more often than pro anyway, because there's such a turnover with everyone staying three, four, five years max. But this team is at a pretty high level of it. When you talk about incorporating two stars into the roster in Haley Van Lith and Anissa Morrow. And we, we talked about this last pod too. There's going to be some growing pains there. That's okay. Uh, Anissa Morrow didn't shoot very well either. Her, her stat line looked a little bit like Cody McMahon's. And Mm -hmm. I think she's, people got used to her putting up 30 and 15 and five and three and three some wild, wild stat lines that you never see at DePaul. And she's going to have better days, but she's probably not going to put up those stat lines at LSU. She's not going to be asked to, and that's okay. But the story was about Colorado to me. Frida Foreman. Three to Foreman. Three to Foreman. <laughs> three to Foreman. I, I, when I was going back and watching film, because the beginning of this game overlapped with Illinois State. I'm not going to watch any game if it's overlapping with Illinois State. <laughs> Sorry, I don't care. I don't care who it is. Went back and watched the film. First thing I saw, very first possession in the game, right off the tip, LSU went under a screen on Frida Foreman. Set the tone for the whole game. She didn't even make that three, actually. She made seven threes throughout the game after that point, but it didn't matter. Set the tone for the whole game. Can't go under screens against her. Bad idea. Uh, and she she was obviously just lighting it up. She had a cannon. And then Quay Miller, Arenette Vonley, their defense on Morrow and Angel Reese was terrific, I think, in the post. I think Colorado had the best front court in this game. I don't, I'm not saying they have the best front court. Angel Reese and Anisa Morrow are a better front court, 
and will be this season. But for 40 minutes, Colorado's front court was better. And I was very impressed by that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they, I thought they defended well as well. I thought like the ball movement um, was pretty good too. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I was rewatching the game last night and yeah, Frida, Frida Foreman, man. Like, I, I I mean, I knew I wasn't like original with saying Frida. Like, I'm sure other people have called her that. Like, even someone was in like my mentions being like, oh, that's what her teammates call her. I'm like, as they should, because like, good Lord, she was she was shooting. She was, yeah, she had that dog in her last night. Um, it was really, really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, overreactions, you know, I think when we were talking about in terms of comparing it to Liberty, in terms of acquiring like all these like bigger names together, they're just going to need time to gel, honestly. And um, I think, like you said, like they're going to have a lot of bigger victories over the course of the season, the next couple of weeks, and they'll be fine. Um, but it's it's always fun to to overreact to games, don't you think? It's 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 so fun. Yeah, my the, the overreaction is that they're not the favorites. That's it. But it, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. This this could turn into the Liberty where they flip a switch in January and go on a huge run, and maybe they are. But we have to overreact. That's part of our job description, I think. As sports podcasters having a podcast the day after the start of a sports season that's that's how it works so it seems normal all right uh let's quickly go to our games to watch this week um we have three that we kind of talked about a little bit last week we'll talk about them a little bit more they're coming up first one being iowa versus virginia tech maryland versus south carolina and indiana versus stanford um First of all, Cal, which one of these is your favorite matchup that you're looking forward to? Ooh, that's tough to pick. I know. I, I kind of put you on the say, spot there. Yeah, no, it's okay. Iowa, Virginia Tech, you know, that, okay, this is a cop-out. I'm going to give you two, but for different reasons. Okay. Iowa, Virginia Tech is my favorite perimeter matchup, favorite guard matchup, and Indiana Stanford is my favorite matchup in the post and okay. it's really That's really fair. hard I'll to give choose you that. between those two but you know what if you put me on the spot i don't i'm i've been such a cop-out guy this whole pod so you know <laughs> what i'm just gonna pick one i'm gonna go with iowa virginia tech i'm gonna go with the guards i'm gonna go with the flashy the the you know the fun it's all fun but the, the caitlin clark J- georgia amore matchup i think is it's it's hard to get more fun than that so I'm going to go with that one. I think Iowa's already played one game, if I'm not mistaken. I think they played they put yesterday. Up like, yeah, like 100 points already. So uh, did. that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. I like all these like high scoring games. Um, they make me happy. Like as much as I love defense, I also am that person who is like, I like it when they make baskets. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I really like that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for for the guard matchup as well. Um where can we watch these games? Because that is always the golden question. Um, starting with Iowa versus Virginia Tech on November 9. Yeah, I uh, forgot to look it up. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> Iowa, Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I want to see. say these are all ESPN networks. Let's see. Iowa, Virginia Tech is ESPN 2 on Thursday. Maryland, South Carolina is ABC, and Stanford, Indiana is ESPN. They are all ESPN networks. So I love that because it means it's easy for me to watch too. 
Let's yeah, go. can you can you get that? Can you watch all of those? So when it's on ESPN, Canada? it is easier for me because like either TSN here will broadcast them just like they did for Notre Dame and South Carolina. Um, or because TSN here is like, I don't know, they have some kind of partnership with ESPN. So we get some of the broadcast sometimes. Um, or, you know, I have my very trusty IPTV and getting ESPN on there is very good, very good <laughs> to stream. Um definitely legal it's fine but i need to watch games somehow because i'm in canada um but lastly any players to watch i know we kind of just talked about iowa virginia tech but maybe the other two games players that um you are looking out for first off i have to stick with iowa virginia tech and talk about the big matchup too it's not the same as the big matchup in indiana stanford but hannah stolke in that game you mentioned yesterday the Monday. People are listening to this on Wednesday. <laughs> Anna Stolke for Iowa put up 22 and nine in 19 minutes. We talked about her as a potential breakout player. I think on this pod looked really good. So going up against Elizabeth Kitley, all American going to be fun matchup in the post as well. Maryland players to watch Cheyenne sellers. They played a game as well on Monday. Cheyenne sellers looked like a star against Harvard. Thought Brene Alexander was excellent shooting the ball. Uh, and I think Brene Alexander is another one. We we love to talk about people on this podcast that Mark Schindler had on his podcast, <laughs> yeah. which I think is just because mostly we talk about basketball players. And if you have played basketball in your life, you've probably been on Mark Schindler's podcast before. <laughs> but Brene Alexander, excellent podcast. Go listen to it. Uh, and on the other side, we already talked about some of the players to watch for South Carolina, of course, full Wiley, I think top of that list. And then Indiana, Stanford. The, the big matchup that I was talking about and, and the one, okay, when I, you talk about the best bigs in the country, Angel Reese, we talked about maybe, maybe the best rebounder, maybe it's Cardoso. Uh, Cameron Brink, I think the best pure defensive big in the country. Uh, again, maybe it's Cardoso. I'm not sure yet. I think we got to see how the season plays out. Cameron Brink, I definitely think is the best draft prospect big in the country for Stanford. And then Mackenzie Holmes. For Indiana, definitely the best offensive big, the best post scorer in the country, easily the best footwork. So that matchup, players to watch, Mackenzie Holmes versus Cameron Brink, huge matchup in this game. And then there's there's star power all over the place. Hannah Jump for Stanford, com- coming back this year, elite shooter, elite name. Never forget that time that one time I can't remember maybe it was you who caught it somebody caught it in our friend group where I was writing about her and I accidentally wrote Hannah Jumper I think maybe it was Danny <laughs> maybe it was Danny that think, pointed I it out it might have been me I think I, think, I, I, think I remember it was that. either you yeah it was one of you guys you sent it to the group chat and was like Krina you wrote Hannah Jumper I mean you're not wrong <laughs> but like also yeah Hannah Jump. I was like and wait guess, did you like, do this I on just, purpose was it I you like wordplay you know I think I just like watched her so much that it just like integrated itself into my mind. And then that's how that happened. But uh, no, I thought it was funny. Even when I'm not making puns on purpose, I'm doing it by accident. It's just like in my subconscious. It's ingrained. ingrained. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, ingrained. Um, But yeah, no, I thought that was a funny little little aside on that. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. Three ranked games that we just previewed for you, which we will definitely be talking about on next week's episode of Coast to Coast to see how they went. We'll have more games to watch as we're kind of navigating the college season, coasting through college, whatever you would like to call it. Um, 
You can find us on social media at Her Hoop Stats, myself at Karina MM. You can find Cal at C Wetzel31. And we will see you next Wednesday on Coast to Coast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.